All right. Welcome. Kevin Leverance here with Captain Wally Bell. Today we're going to have a good conversation about ultrasound. And this is something you've done in the field. Uh, you got a little experience with this. So. I do. It's uh, been about nine months Okay, so, so since we started using it in the field. Yes, sir. Tell, tell me about that introduction. How'd that go with, I mean, this is a new thing in the field. Right. So tell me about that experience with this getting introduced and you going out with it. Yeah. So uh, as an organization, we uh, promoted three ship captains to a, a EMS supervision position. Uh, and part of that comes a responsibility of uh, improvement of patient care. And so we have uh, received various um, different things on our unit to improve patient care in the field, one of those being ultrasound. Uh, and like I said, that that occurred about nine months ago. Um, so, yeah. All right. And what we have is, uh, we're not going to talk about the specific device we have, but we have a portable device that displays on a tablet. Mm -hmm. uh, so completely portable device, not connected to the ambulance or any other major power source that kind of has Correct. its own power source. Correct. So uh, you got any specific thoughts or feelings about ultrasound coming to the field in EMS and being part of pre-hospital medicine? Yeah. Um, so of course, first and foremost, improvement of patient care uh, and just the experience that I have with it. Um, we're we're going to start progressing with it and using it for more things in the field. Uh, but right now for what we're using it for, just to see the major impact that it's had so far, uh, just in that kind of one area uh, that we could use it is pretty cool. So you're already seeing impacts just in nine months time. Absolutely. Uh, small impacts, profound impacts. How would you describe it? I would it? say profound. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. I'm excited to talk about some of those here as we move through this. So why don't you tell us how you're, how are you using it? When does it come out? Yeah, so uh, currently what we're using it for is cardiac arrest, uh, specifically when we have the suspected ROS patient, right? So um, whether it's uh, working a cardiac arrest and you're at the point of like, oh, it's we're near point of termination, and then you have that QRS complex show up or your changes in CO, uh, and you want to confirm that the patient is in fact in PEA uh, before you make that call of terminating. Uh, just the way our protocol is right now, we work for 20 minutes. Uh, if it's persistent assistly or PEA, we can terminate after 20 minutes with doctor's order. So uh, being able to utilize ultrasound to confirm it is, in fact, a true PEA uh, has definitely, definitely helped out. Nice. Nice. So as we're talking about PEA, there's a whole lot of uh, good academic information coming out about PA, PEA with true PEA, pseudo PEA, wide, narrow, complex kind of PEAs. So you're seeing this kind of situation in the field. You're seeing this kind of direct application right. with this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and just recently, you've had some specific circumstances. Would you like to share those about uh, how you employed this ultrasound and how it directed some of your decision-making? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so kind of funny today, I'm actually on shift. I'm on duty today. Uh, so this morning, we got called for a cardiac arrest. Um, got there. Initial rhythm when we got there was a Sicily unknown downtime. So uh, we went through our protocol, gave epi, two, two epis every 10 minutes is currently what we're doing. Um, so with the drugs we were given, persistent assistly, uh, we got to a point where 20 minutes was coming near. Uh, a phone call was made to the medical control, and we actually got orders to go ahead and terminate with the persistent assistly. So went back inside, you know, I left the room to make the phone call and mm -hmm. went back in. And uh, told the crew, hey, heads up, we're, we're about at that time where we, we got the orders to terminate. So uh, without any changes, I actually uh, was about to make a call 
over the radio to do the field termination uh, per our orders. And we saw the CO jump up on the monitor from about 32 to 55. And okay. so we witnessed that and we all looked at the uh, the monitor and it was a flat line and then a QRS complex showed up. And so, uh, you know, obviously a sign of ROSC, right? So we go ahead and check for pulses. We had uh, one individual on the carotid, couldn't feel a carotid pulse. Uh, another individual at the femoral and uh, the medic that was at the femoral was like, man, I think I, I think I feel a pulse, but I'm not sure. How many how many times were we always in that spot too? You're like, hey, I think maybe. What about, hey, can you look over? Right. Yeah. That and, kind of spot. And that's one of those things where, you know, if if it is in fact a ROSC and that blood pressure is so low, like what are the chances of even another medic feeling that pulse? And um, so, of course, you know, great application for the ultrasound. Right. right. So you, you're sitting here in this, this exact spot that we're talking about with, are we really dealing with PEA? Or are we dealing with, like you described, that we're just, we're looking for a feeling, right? We got the sensation and blood pressure too low. We don't have the pulse pressure we need to, to have that difference between contraction and rest to feel a pulse. So even before, so the ultrasound comes out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's say the ultrasound's not there. What kind of, how, how would this have progressed traditionally 12 months ago? Yeah. So traditionally what we would have done was had another individual, maybe two individuals, go to the femoral, feel for a pulse, go to the carotid, feel for a pulse. And like I said, the chances of somebody else feeling that pulse that that initial medic felt, you know, slim to none. Mm -hmm. And so there's that possibility where you had a ROSC, but like you said, the blood pressure so low, you can't feel that pulse. And we end up doing a field termination on it, thinking Mm -hmm. that it is PEA. So, um, or at the very least, we're going to go back and do more chest compressions on a heart that's already trying to beat, right. you know, it doesn't need more compressions. It needs a different type of support now. Correct. But we'll never, we would never know that 12 months ago. Correct. Yeah. And, and I'm talking specifically about this case, mm-hmm. but right, right. Had that a transition uh, or had that transition occurred earlier in the case, you're exactly right. We would have gone back to chest compressions. Exactly. Right. And, and we may have ended up in the same kind of result we would have 12 months ago that if we're focused on the chest compressions to try and restore the circulation, when instead we should shift gears towards some vascular support, we we never would have made that change. We would have continued for the remainder of 20 minutes, maybe even a little bit more because we had a change, but we wouldn't have gotten any any better outcome because we wouldn't have shifted gears and recognized the new problem we have to face. Exactly. But you had this opportunity. You, mm-hmm. you took this new equipment, you took this new approach and brought in this point-of-care ultrasound. And tell me how that went. Yeah, so uh, that conversation is being had with, with the guys providing the care. And, uh, and actually one of, one of the other medics was like, Hey man, we, you know, do we have that ultrasound here? Yeah, it's right here. So here great. we go, you know, great application. So open it up, get it set up. Uh, and it's, it's very rapid. So when on ours, when you plug it in, it immediately opens the program and it's ready to go within just a matter of seconds. Nice. So, uh, get it set up, scan the chest. And as soon as we get over the heart, there's good movement, good heart movement. Nice. Excellent. So, and this wasn't just valve movement. You could actually see the walls of the heart contracting and, uh, it was a slow rate, but it was ROSC. There you go. Yeah. So now we have a different path for the therapy that we need to intervene with on this patient, which, which you did, we come out of the cardiac arrest management and now you're dealing with this shock state management, this post arrest, uh, bradycardia that's going on and getting to make those decisions. Correct. Which we never would have made with a PEA, which is what we would have called it 12 months ago, right? Yeah. We would have gone right back to let's give this person 
some more epi. Let's give him some more chest compressions. And let's get back to that phone call of how long do we really do this now? Exactly. But here we are. Yeah. So uh, in full disclosure, the reason I had you come on here and talk about ultrasound is uh, because the cardiac arrest that I was on and you showed up walking in the door. I think I beat you by a minute or two. Oh, yeah. But you walked in the door with the ultrasound in your hand. Mm-hmm. And here it is, ready to go. Yep. Um, so, uh, which fortunately we didn't have the, we didn't need to use it for that case. That right. that was another Ross case that went really well, but there was a much more profound change mm-hmm. than you experienced with this this one we discussed. So, uh, yeah, I had you, get, had you pegged for this discussion for a little while. Yeah. Just yep. to let you know. So what are some, what are some challenges with the ultrasound? Just generally speaking, I can't imagine this, is perfectly smooth and everything goes great, right? Yeah. So what are some things that you encounter that make it a little less than easy? So far, uh, the only issues that I've experienced are technology issues, Okay. which is normal. Any kind of technology stuff, you're going to have those kind of issues arise. Um, so for instance, we've had a few times where the tablet kind of froze up, mm. you know, it, it happens. So you don't really have time to sit there and restart the tablet. So we've made it part of our morning to ru- routine to go ahead and restart the tablet, make sure, you know, obviously make sure it's charged, but, um, and then updates as well, uh, for the tablet. But, um, one of the things that I even noticed having trouble with was keeping it charged, that I have the backup tablet and mm-hmm. ultrasound in my office. And when I want to go play with it, I haven't had it plugged in for a week or two weeks at a time and it's dead. Yeah. And now I have to charge it in order to play with it and learn some of the things with it. Uh, how do you navigate that end with it being in a case in the back of the truck? So the way I do it, uh, and I know the other two shift captains have done it the same way. Uh, we've got a, um, a plug in our, in our unit, in the front of the unit. And, um, it's just a, a USB, USB charger. We have the regular 110 plug that we can plug into or a USB port. And, uh, I'd usually check it in the morning. And if it's below 70%, I go ahead and plug it in, nice. charge it up. Simple as that. That's it. What, what other kind of challenges you have you had to navigate? Uh, we had one time where, um, you know, obviously there's two connection points on the, the handheld portion of the device itself, where the USB plugs into that, the micro USB, and then, um, the USB connection of the tablet. So, um, one time we were scanning and all of a sudden the picture was just lost and we couldn't figure out what was going on. And so, um, what it ended up being was just a loose connection at the handheld portion. You know, so the, the USB connects and then there's like a clip to hold it in place and it just managed yeah. to come loose a little bit. The cable didn't completely disconnect, so it wasn't very clear what had occurred. And it just took us a second to figure out, oh, well, let's push it back in. They're good to go. But okay, that was kind of user error. I think the angle we were doing it and the patient, the size of the patient, it was just kind of a bad angle we were trying to get and probably a little bit too much pressure and yeah, I gotcha. pushed push that cable myself. Okay. So, so with the, with the user end, uh, what kind of preparation do you, do you feel prepared using this thing? Have you gotten the right training? What training was effective? Yeah. Um, so we got the ultrasound device. We, uh, we implemented some training. We, I think you were in on that class as well, uh, online, the, I believe it was UTMB that put that class on the Mm -hmm. ultrasound class. Um, so currently we're in the process of, of getting more training, which, um, you know, will allow us to utilize the ultrasound for more stuff in the future. But, um, yeah, as far as the training for what we're utilizing it for, it's pretty straightforward. Nice. And, uh, so kind of a, a crash course on how to utilize the device itself and then just anatomy, where to place that ultrasound. It's, it's fairly simple for what we're doing. 
one of the things that I had a challenge with, I still have a challenge with as I'm getting oriented to this, is what you're actually looking at mm. on the screen and that you're using the probe over here, looking at a screen over here, and I have to go look at the probe in the plane that I'm looking in yeah. to get an orientation to the screen. Did you have any kind of stuff like that with yourself or was it pretty easy for you? So uh, we actually had a medic that had utilized ultrasound in the past. Mm -hmm. And so I'd gotten some tips from him on how to use it, use it effective. So um, I really haven't had too many issues. I've been to so just me. Cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm not trying to sell you out, but um, no, like I said, just, I think that the technology issues are there. Uh, and then I feel like on a, once you find the heart on a patient, it's just, for me, it was kind of, kind of straightforward. I, I didn't have any issues. Um, once I got it down, I guess nice. it's just that initial getting it down, figuring out your best placement, the best angle. And, uh, I just kind of do, do what I did at the beginning, nice. you know, on the first one that I found. So I looked for my chambers and, Nice. That's it. I had uh, I had a lot of luck. I practiced on my kids okay. with it, and I had a lot of luck finding the heart with the moving parts. And I got to say, that's been aside from orienting the view of what I'm actually looking at, being able to pick out what I'm looking at, and having that abdominal anatomy. I do remember way back to paramedic school of uh, trying to memorize which organs were which quadrant of the abdominal cavity, right. and why the heck do I even know? Who cares? Mm. Kind of thing. And uh, now it's coming back full circle decades later that, hey, idiot, you probably should have known what was in these quadrants so you know what you're looking at. Yeah. So now, um, that being said, in the future, as we as we progress and utilize ultrasound for more things, I'm definitely going to have those issues. Yeah. You know, right. so we're, we're playing with it now, but um, for what we're utilizing it for right now, it's nice. We're, we're getting getting really good at it. Nice. So That's exciting. Knowing what you know about ultrasound. Uh, what what you're able to do, uh, what else there is out there. What kind of things do you foresee for ultrasound here at Sugarland? So um, obviously fast exams, um, if if we have time, if time permits, uh, and we're able to do it, you know, transport for the transportation transportation for a trauma patient is the most important. Right, getting them to the right facility, mm -hmm. and if we have the ability to do that fast exam while we're moving to the hospital. I think that that could be really effective. Um, another thing that I thought was cool, uh, going back to the heart part of that class, uh, that doctor had talked about um, managing uh, dysrhythmias. Okay, so before you give a cardiac medication, being able to use the ultrasound to take a look at the heart and say, hey, this is a good idea or this isn't a good idea. Mm. So the, the instance he brought up was somebody who has uh, stiff heart walls. The heart's not contracting good. Yeah. You know, they may be compensating. So their heart rate's really elevated, compensating, keeping that blood pressure up. And then you go and give them a cardiac medication and slow that heart rate down. Yeah. Now you don't have the the heart contracting good and you've slowed that heart rate down so they're no longer to comp able to compensate. Right? There goes that cardiac output. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. that, that was pretty cool. Listen, I like to that. It. I'm definitely looking forward to doing that. Cool. One of the things that gets me excited is uh, kind of respiratory assessments. It's getting the lungs in there mm -hmm. too. And you and I have had some comments back and forth about this before too, of taking the differentiation between CHF, COPD, kind of reactive airway diseases that uh, we can pick up some of those subtle changes on on an ultrasound. Yeah. And now, granted, there's some pretty hallmark cases of CHF that we should not be mistaking for COPD and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But 
one of the newer academic pieces is that you can get some wheezing on lung sounds in CHF. And it's not the same uh, source of wheezing that you would in these reactive airway diseases. So we we tend to get kind of focused on the one problem. We find the one problem, we stop looking for more problems, and we go from there. So we start listening to this person mm. having trouble breathing. We hear some wheezing. It can't be CHF. You don't wheeze in CHF. This has to be asthma, especially when you have the person that has the history of asthma and COPD and pulmonary edema or uh, pulmonary embolus and on and on and on, right? So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that one yeah. that uh, we get to dig in to see these minute differences that send us one way or the other. So yeah, I think, sure. I think it's going to be good. So how do you feel about learning about all these new things? I'm a feeling person. I'm going to ask how you feel. How do you feel? What do you think? Either way, your I'm, favor. I'm really excited about it. So like I said, for what we're using it for right now to see the drastic improvement that it's had so far, just in this one area of, uh, of treatment mm-hmm. has been really cool. Um, so Obviously, for our side, uh, the course of treatment, you know, changing our course of treatment and being being able to treat that patient differently based on what we're finding with the ultrasound. Um, But the other side of it, too, is the family members. You know, if Mm. you're able to find that that Ross patient, you know, we all know that the uh, survivability rate, you know, or it's not likely, especially when you're when you're getting into those. 20 minute more times on, mm-hmm. on your CPRs, but, um, being able to get, get the patient to the hospital with the heartbeat and allowing that family to, to have those last, you know, few moments with the, with their family member is cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what it brings for, for other treatments as well. So like I said, just the drastic impact we've seen already with what we're using it for is, is amazing. Nice. Let me, let me stick with this component of the family for a second mm-hmm. i had this thought as you were talking about it have, have you had a circumstance where you break out the ultrasound and there is not cardiac activity and you use that to base your decision to terminate resuscitation yes and um has ultras ultrasound played into the clinical decision has ultrasound played into any of the family involvement uh, have you shown that to family have you thought about showing that to family of here's what's going on here have a look or even offering anything like that any thoughts there no, I have not. Um, that's definitely something I can consider in the future. So I've definitely used it to describe to the family what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, we've given all the cardiac meds, we have an airway and just explaining the process of what we're doing, where we're at with the with the arrest management, um, and then telling them, hey, you know, we have this device, it shows us a picture of the heart and there's no activity. Mm-hmm. But I have not physically shown them the tablet yet, but I might do that in the future. So that might, that's a, I mean, that's a lot. Some people might. Some people might be really opposed to it, that there's a, some good literature that supports family being able to see the things that we're doing, mm-hmm. uh, that they get some good closure from that and they can kind of emotionally process better uh, when it's not abstract. Yeah. So that might just be a, another component to it. I don't know if it'll be great or maybe it'll be a terrible idea. We'll, we'll find out, right? It's one of those things we'll, we'll test out. Yes, sir. Um, but especially if you're you know already describing this stuff, that if you get that kind of analytical, I need evidence person, it might be come on in, I can show you what I'm looking at. I can describe it right in front of you yeah. and, and point some of these things out. I like it. So got to talk about a, a lot of good stuff. I appreciate you sharing these thoughts, some of the challenges you're up against. And uh, are there any other thoughts you want to share about ultrasound in the field or where we're going with it? Um, No. Like I said, I, our uh, 
organization we're we're changing we're progressing so just uh i'm excited for what the uh the ultrasound has to bring us nice and and for the guys you know out in the field i think that that's another thing i will say is um you know we talk about making ems cool you know and i will say every time that ultrasound comes out and we're scanning and showing the crew members there what's going on nobody has had a single negative thing to say yet great yeah good people excited okay exactly very nice all right well like i said i appreciate this kind of interaction talk about ultrasound i'm excited to see how ultrasound expands um the vendor of our ultrasound is telling me that there's some good software upgrades coming uh, to make things a little bit more reliable so i'm really excited about those software upgrades so we can get some some better use out of the device to hopefully eliminate some of the technical issues that you're describing so wally thanks for your time absolutely thank y'all for listening we'll catch you next time Thank you.